Hey friends, welcome to the Sev Talks Money Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sev. Here on the Sev Talks Money Podcast, I share practical tips, realistic strategies, and workable solutions that lead to financial freedom. Occasionally, I'll have guests stopping by who share their financial freedom breakthrough stories. Don't forget to subscribe because you do not want to miss any of the helpful tips and inspiring stories. Hey friend, welcome to season two, episode 14 of the Dr. Sev Talks Money podcast. I am delighted that you decided to join me. Today I'm talking about overcoming money shame. Too many times we have thwarted our own financial success because we allowed money shame to keep us bound in untenable money situations. So let's talk. And after this talk, if you are interested in hearing similar content, I invite you to hit that follow button or subscribe button depending on the medium on which you are listening to this podcast. Let's dive right in. of suicides in the U.S. is due to financial problems. And that 16% are those who succeeded in taking their lives. That statistic does not include those who attempted suicide due to financial issues and are still among us. Today, we're talking about money shame. What is it? And why should we release it as soon as possible? Hello and welcome. Here at the Dr. Sav Talks Money YouTube and podcast, I share practical tips, realistic strategies, and workable solutions that lead to financial freedom for women and women entrepreneurs. So again, we are talking about money shame. And thanks, Judy and Beverly, for stopping by today. So the dictionary defines shame as a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. So basically, the dictionary is saying shame is when we feel uh, conscious about or, or, or we feel self-conscious about decisions we made. Financial shame or money shame is feeling embarrassment from making certain money decisions. We feel embarrassed, humiliated, distressed because of certain money decisions that we made. So first things first, if you made a decisions around money that you are now maybe regretting or it is not serving you right now, you are not stupid. You are not bad with money necessarily. You are not foolish. So we have to change first the narrative in our head around money shame. Because if we don't get rid of it, we create a vicious cycle of beating ourselves up around debt. Then we don't seek the help because of shame and it goes on and on and on. So today 
I want to talk to you about some things that you can do when you are maybe feeling, quote unquote, money shame. And some of the things that could possibly make you feel money shame. So one of the things I want you to change in your head is the narrative that you made a mistake. A mistake implies that you made, you did something that no, there's no lesson to be learned from it. So I want you to replace the word mistake with decision because this mistake makes you want to beat yourself up. When you think the word mistake, it makes you want to beat yourself up. So I want you to think I made a decision and that decision no longer serves me or that decision has led to some other things that no longer serves me. So what can I do about changing the trajectory of my life based on decision that I made in the past. You can't change a decision. You can't do anything about it. So what do we do going forward? So it behooves us to lose the money shame because it will not serve us. And it can be ca cause us to become silent in this trap, this, this cyclical trap of shame, not seeking help. Who cares what other people think about you and your money situation? Really, think about it. Who cares? They're not paying your bills. So why do you care what they think about your money situation? And I know this seems very simple. And there are people, as I mentioned before, the suicide rate. 16% of suicides in the U.S. is due to financial problems. People thinking that there is no hope. Thinking that they've let their families down. Thinking that they've let their community down. And they think the only option is suicide. And I'm saying to you today that there is hope because we need to get away from what people think about us. And if we can get our mindset around that and away from what people think about us, then we can get the help that we need. So what are some things that could possibly trigger this quote unquote financial or money shame? It can be triggered by just about anything. The amount of debt that we have, if we feel like we're overextended on our credit cards, being late on payments, especially when we have a quote-unquote good job, <laughs> not living in a fancy part of town when you make a good salary because people expect that if you are making a certain amount of money or if you have a certain position in a company that you should be making a certain salary and that you should live in a certain part of town. You should drive a certain car. And that's not necessarily true. So we cannot allow other people's expectations and other people's limitations to cause us to get in financial trap or this money shame. And as uh, Judy is sharing here, that's why most people don't talk about finances, fear of being judged. That's true. They don't talk about it because for other reasons, I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, for, for other reasons too, because our society gives us, puts these limitations on us on what is expected. At 30, you're supposed to be here. At 20, you're supposed to be doing this. At 40, you're supposed to be doing that. At 60, you're supposed to be this way. And if we don't feel like we fit in those boxes, then we feel like we've made our, our financial life is in jeopardy. And that's not necessarily true because 
personal finance is just that. It is personal. It's based on your personality. It's based on your goals. It's based on so many other things that we should not allow society to dictate to us how we should feel at a certain time. So some of the other reasons, walking away from your house for any reason, you know, co-signing alone. Oh my, I should know better. We beat ourselves up about that. Uncontrollable spending when we still have unpaid debt. And for me, my money story and my money shame what came from me adding my spouse to my house deed. And you may say in marriage, it's a partnership and you all should, you know, sign, co-sign, sign everything together. You should do this together. My lesson that I learned from signing, adding my spouse to my deed is never enter into an agreement with someone where you have more to lose than they do a lot more to lose than they do. That's the lesson I learned. Because again, I'm a Christian and I believe in partnership with husbands and wives. But in my situation, I should not have done that. Because when we bought the house, I'd already owned a house before. He never owned a house. He lived with his uncle in his uncle's basement. Okay. And when we got married in after about three years, we bought the house and I told my mortgage broker to add him to the deed of the house so that he could build credit. And I want to talk a little bit more about why we make certain decisions when we do. Okay. So that was my, that is my, that was my money shame because I am the kind of person who sacrifices. I will eat noodles so I can pay my bills because I don't want anybody calling me about debt. I'm the kind of person who will wear the same clothes for two, three years and not go shopping so I can pay my bills. That's how I was about my bills. I just believe that I should pay my bills. And so me walking away from my house because he refused to sign the documents so I could sell it and me having to take him back to court so the judge could order him to obey the divorce decree, that caused me to, you know, beat myself up about the fact that here it is, I had great credit and now my credit is shot because I added him to the deed, my mortgage deed. So I'm not giving advice to anybody, any marriage couple or thinking they're going to get married to not put deep their, their spouse's name on their deed. All I'm saying is for me, that was a lesson learned that never enter into an agreement with anyone where you have a lot more to lose than they do. And especially if they don't understand the financial ramifications of making certain decisions. So as I mentioned before, money shame causes a creates a really vicious cycle. You know, it really creates a vicious, vicious cycle of shame, beat up myself. I don't want anybody to know. And because I don't want anybody to know, you know, as I mentioned before, 16% of suicides is because of financial shame. They feel shame because of financial decisions that they made. And because they feel shame and they think society is going to dump on them, then they kill themselves. I don't want you to get there. If you're listening to me and you feel like you're at that position, you're at that point, I want you to hear me. There is help, okay? There is help. Even if it means you have to file bankruptcy to start over, whatever you need to do, I don't want you to think that you have to take your life because you are in a financial position that you did not intend to be in and you are feeling some kind of shame. You know, and, and Judy's saying here, that's why I don't like it when people brag about their latest purchases on social media. 
it, it is tacky and can make others feel bad. And, you know, people have, I think people have a right to celebrate when they've made sacrifices and they now, you know, if they, if you've made sacrifices and you now are buying a house, maybe at 40 or 50 or something like that, I think people have a right to celebrate. We can't be responsible for other people's emotions. We can't be responsible for other people, how other people feel. We, you, you can't, I don't, I don't, I don't propose that we live our lives that way. If I want to celebrate, I can do that in a, in a way that honors, I think honors my journey for where, what I did to get to where I am. Um, because I understand that there are going to be people, no matter what you do, they are going to be in a maybe precarious emotional situation, emotional position where they may be bothered by no, no matter what you share. If you share that you're going through financial problems, they, that can impact them too. You know, so I, I, I think per my personal opinion is we should celebrate when we have gone through a trauma and we're now in a position where we're out of it and then we can share our journey, we can share our steps. We're not just sharing, hey, I bought a new car, but we're sharing that, hey, five years ago, I was in this position where I couldn't even buy a car. I lived in a old beat up car or I lived in my parents' basement or whatever. And now here I am, um, I can afford to buy a new Benz or whatever it is, okay? So I think, I don't think we should dim our lights because of other people's, you know, other people's, um, you know, perception. At the same time, we have to be careful how we share. So it's not really a both, but it's sharing our journey and sharing our successes in a way that inspires somebody who was not, you know, what is in a similar situation or, or is in a situation where you were a few years from now, because as I share with my home, walking away from my house, maybe somebody right now is thinking about going in a marriage and they're thinking, okay, this person works a job where he making, where he or she is making $8 an hour. And I'm, I'm making a, a you know, six figures. If I put these, this person on my deed, you know, uh, I can't sell the house without their say so. And if we end up divorced, then I'm going to be in a bind. And that's the position I was in. <laughs> so, so that's why I'm saying the lesson I learned is never enter into an agreement with someone where you have a lot more to lose than they do. Okay, so what are some things that I would advocate that you do if you are feeling what I call money shame? What are some things that I would advocate that you do? The first thing I would advocate you that you do is to change your mindset. Understand that you made a decision, not a mistake, but a decision that no longer serves. So now I need to do something about it so I can reverse the effects of the decision that I made. See, one of the things we have to do is understand why we make the decisions that we do. I am, I, I want to call myself, I have a savior complex. I love to, if I know I can help you and I have the means to help you and you need help, I am the first person to jump in feet first to try to help without thinking of the consequences to me or my loved ones about me making a sacrifice to help someone. And this lesson taught me, this lesson where I had to now really start over my financial journey because of me walking away from my house due to this divorce. This has taught me to think before I try to help. I am still the same person. I still want to help. It's, my, it's in my DNA to help. My mom is a giver. My dad, when he was alive, is a giver. 
they've always, I've always seen them with generosity. So that's how I am. I am generous. But now I think twice because of the lesson I learned. And that's where I'm wanting you to go is what lesson can I learn from the money decisions that I make that now no longer serves me? One of the things too is our childhood experiences. A lot of time, if we grew up in a house where there was arguing about arguments about money all the time, and we now are working, we feel like we need to spend because, you know, mom and dad never had it and they didn't want to spend. They argued about spending. So now that I'm working a job, making 30, 40, you know, 50, 60, uh, uh, you know, six figure job, I'm going to spend because I didn't have it as a child. And some people go the opposite way. They think I didn't have it as a child, but now I'm going to hoard and I'm not going to spend. So we have to explore, again, our mindset. We have to think, what, what is driving me to make decisions, especially if they're impulsive types of decision? Now, for the house where I made the decision to add my spouse, again, it's because of my childhood and the way I approached, I saw my parents approach helping people. So I thought, my spouse, I need, we need to sign a, the, the documents together. It's a partnership. But unfortunately, not everybody thinks that way. So we have to really examine the mindset that we're approaching our financial decisions. You know, there are people right now who are financing their family members' college education, and they can't pay their student loans. They can't even pay their own student loans. And they don't want their family members to know because they're the one that got the college degree. They are the one that they're the one that got the college degree. They are the one that, uh, you know, are seen as seen as the, the the family, the savior of the family. They're the one that are that is seen as the one that will succeed in the family. So now they're helping everybody in the family, and they themselves are suffering. They themselves are are struggling financially because of the way they are perceived in their families. So if that is you, I don't want you to feel any shame about walking away from that situation and saying to your family, listen, I would love to help you, but I can't. I would love to help you, but right now I'm not in a financial position to do this. Here is what I can do for you. Don't be ashamed to say that because you don't want to put yourself in a financial bind because you're trying to be the savior for your family. You know, another thing is when I talked about society's expectations, you know, how you should live your life based on your education, based on your age, based on your salary. Society puts us in buckets and expectations around all of that. And we have to try not to fall into that trap. So that's the first thing I want you to think about is mindset. Now, there's a story that um, was, I think, maybe five years ago or so, where a, a student from Clark, Atlanta, there are parents and family members that come down to celebrate her graduation. Unfortunately, she did not qualify to graduate. She had not completed her classes or, or she, she just did not have the credits to graduate. And what she did is she told them, I'm going to go over to sign in to the commencement ceremony. And then she disappeared. The parents were putting out, you know, the police, everybody looking for her. All this child, what, all that happened is this child was shamed. She was ashamed because she, her parents were here, her family was here to help her celebrate, and she did not meet the criteria to graduate. Can you imagine that? This is the kind of pressure society puts on us. She should be able to tell her family members, hey, I'm not going to be able to graduate until next semester or two semesters from now. 
She should not be put into the position where she feels shame and have her family now visiting and not be able to tell them that, hey, don't bother coming because I didn't meet the criteria to graduate. But again, that 16% statistic that I mentioned of suicides caused from financial distress is most likely driven by society's expectations. Society expects certain things. And so people think suicide is the answer. So the second step I want to tell you about, and before I do that, I want to share a comment here um, by uh, Satrina. Who's a, she said, told a former manager I was not responsible for any colleague's feelings or response to anything I say, and he didn't agree with my point of view. We can't, I, I agree, you can't live your life based on somebody else's expectation. You have to be, you have to be cognizant of other people, of course, but you're, you cannot tiptoe around other people. I did that in my marriage. I tiptoed around certain things. I was told I'm using big words. This is my normal vocabulary. You know, I was told that. So I had to be careful about choosing my words about what to say to this man. No, <laughs> don't tiptoe around your decisions and the things that you need to say. But and here Satrina is saying, but really what anyone thinks of you is none of your business. And that is so true. We have to be, we, ha we have to be cognizant of other people. We have to be cognizant of how we present ourselves, but it's not our responsibility to make sure that other people are okay with our words or our choices or actions. It's not our it's responsibility. It's their responsibility. It's their choices. Because again, as I said before, sometimes no matter what you do, people are going to be offended by what you do. People are going to be jealous of your choices, no matter what you do or not do. Okay, so number one, the point number one is mindset. Be cognizant of my, mindset. Understand why we make certain decisions. And the second thing I want to say is to forgive yourself. There are some cultures where talking about money is seen as rude. And uh, talk, but 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 the thing is, talking about money shame can relieve the burden that we're carrying. It can help us handle the fact that we made a financial decision that now is leading to consequences that we don't, we didn't want. And so we need to forgive ourselves for the past decisions that we made around money that now is causing issues. Some of us feel shame about making too much money. Some of us feel shame about making not enough money. But who defines what is too much money? And who defines what is not enough money? Who defines that? That's you. You define what is too much money for you. If you feel like there's a certain amount that's too much, you define that. Not society. You shouldn't allow society to do that. So the bottom line is 10 years from now, we can continue to feel shame and do nothing and be in that cycle of beating myself up, getting into more debt, because a lot of people spend to cover the, the emotional aspect of being in debt. They feel like I'm in debt and I feel useless. I feel, feel like helpless. I feel like there's no hope. So I'm just gonna assuage that feeling by spending more. And so we can be in that cycle of beating ourselves up, getting into more debt, not getting the help, or we can just go decide, you know what, this is it. I'm going to get the help that I need. The third thing I wanna say and that sentence just leads me to my third point, which is get help. So the first thing is mindset. The second is forgive yourself. And the third is get help. 
Don't be afraid to seek help from a mental health professional if that is what's warranted. There are some companies that will offer at least three sessions free if you can't afford it. Take advantage of that. Seek help from a personal finance coach such as myself. I can help you put together, create a plan to put together so you can get back on the road to financial wellness, to financial wholeness. And give yourself grace and space to recover from the financial decision that got you here. It is okay. There's nobody under the sun who, not, who have not made a decision about something that they look back on and think, I should not have done that. And that's okay. Forgive yourself. Get the help that you need. And give yourself the space and the grace to move forward. Listen, anything is possible with a plan. That is my motto. Anything is possible with a plan. If it took 10 years to get here in this, in this financial quagmire, then it's not going to take a month to get out of it. So give yourself grace. Give yourself some space to be able to put a plan in action. Work with a financial planner. Work with a financial coach to put the plan in action to be able to rise up out of this. Because I don't want you to think suicide is the answer. I want you to have hope. I want you to have hope that if I and many others got out of the financial situation that we were in, based on the decisions that we made, then you can do the same. We have to stop the money shame and become open and honest about our financial situation. You don't, you don't have to share it to the world. You don't have to post it on Facebook. You don't have to post it in, uh, on Instagram. You don't have to post it on Twitter. Get somebody who you know you can trust and talk about it. Sometimes just talking helps to relieve the burden. But don't just talk about it and stop there. Get, a financial, get financial help. Talk to a financial coach. You know, you can go to my website, Sev Talks Money. I'll share my website here. And um, before I share my website, Judy's saying here, yeah, in the workplace, <laughs> yeah, in the workplace, you have to at least pretend to care. You know, uh, yeah, <laughs> that is so true. So I'm going to share my website here. You can go to my website and, and make an appointment to talk with me or talk to somebody you know as a, as a personal finance coach who can help you put a plan together to get out of that financial situation that you're in. But we have to stop the money shame. We have to become open and honest about our financial situation. Don't listen. Nobody's paying your bills but you. Okay. Don't be concerned about what other people think about you and your money situation. I don't care if they think you, you should be able to help them buy the car or whatever. I don't care. Okay. You know, your money situation, you know, you don't have to share. You don't have to tell them, Hey, I can't help you because of X, Y, Z. You can just say, I'm sorry, but I can't help you. No is a complete sentence. Hello? No is a complete sentence. Okay, so you don't have to take on the shame and the burden of your whole world, the whole world, if you cannot help the way people think you should. Because too many of us have been thwarted by our, thwarted our own financial success because we allow shame to keep us bound in, in an untenable money situation. So in summary, change your mindset about the decision that you made. Think of it as a decision and not a mistake. A decision I made, so now I need to make another decision to reverse the consequences of that first decision that I made. Don't think of it as a mistake because that word mistake creates 
the scenario, it creates the environment to want to beat yourself up about certain situations. So don't beat yourself up about past, the past and any decision to, that you've made. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself, please, and get the help that you need to be able to move past the situation. And Judy said here, I like that. No is a complete sentence. It, it is. We, we tend to want to give excuses or give reasons for why we say no. And we really don't owe anybody that. We really just, no, I can't help you. And that's it. I don't have to tell you why I can't help you. I, I don't owe you that. Um, you know, again, if I can help you, I'm going to help you. But I don't really owe that to you. So I hope this has been helpful. Uh, this discussion, if you know somebody who is going through right now with some kind of financial decision or some kind of financial um, issue because of decisions that they've made in the past, please encourage them, share this with them, Help, encourage them to realize that suicide is not the answer. Making That's a permanent decision for a temporary situation. So please encourage them to seek the help that they can get so that they can get out of this financial situation. Because as I said before, my motto is anything is possible with a plan. If you have a plan in, in place, you can put steps in place to get out of whatever it is you're in. And it may take a while, but as long as you have a plan, you can do it. So before I shut off, I want to share with you, I created this, this t-shirt and I am going to be, uh, it's going to be a little different. The words are going to be the same. It's financial freedom looks good on you with those little eyes. <laughs> and I am going to have these soon. The words are going to be bigger. This was a sample that I got because I wanted to see what it looked like. And I hope that you, this is something that you'll be interested in. I'm going to have it with or without the small, smiling eyes because guys probably don't want to wear those little eyes on their chest. <laughs> but I'm going to have some t-shirts in, in my shop and masks and some other things. And it's going to say financial freedom looks good on you. Another thing that I want to, to tell you about is that I have this thing called Buy Me a Coffee. Uh, it's actually Buy Me a Hot Chocolate. And if you go to the website, buymeacoffee.com backslash Dr. Sev Talks Money, you can contribute to my uh, to the fund that will help me buy equipment for my podcast and for my YouTube channel. And you can help me, you can support me that way. So I'm going to also copy the link into the chat so that if you want to um if you want to copy it if you want to click on the link and support that way that you can also do that so let me copy it into the chat and uh judy's saying um oh sid, sid from miami is saying very powerful thank you so much i feel that very very passionate about this subject because i don't want anybody to feel like suicide is the answer um, and Judy here is saying, thank you, helpful, empowering information. And I just shared in the chat the link for the, 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 the coffee, buy me a coffee. And the merchandise is going to be, it's going to be on sale soon. I'm, the website that I used, I don't like the way they made the mask. So I'm changing, but I will have that information by the next the next uh, next Sunday, I will have that information. And Judy's saying, I like the color and the style. Thank you so much. You can, you know, there are different colors that you can get in the shop and different styles. 
So I look forward to sharing that website next Sunday. And I also will have the link on my website, www.sevtalksmoney.com. I will have the link on the website also next week. So thank you so much. And I will see you guys next Sunday. Please don't forget to share. Thanks for listening to the Sev Talks Money podcast. Find us on sevtalksmoney.com, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. See you next time.